Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Amen. Isn't it amazing that God would call us a friend? Does that blow anybody else away? That, that the God of the universe would call us friend. Amen. Well, it's the third week of January. We're 21 days in to our 31-day fast. Amen. So God is doing great and powerful things. If you haven't participated, you still got time. As Ray said, we want to make sure everybody feels welcome this morning and hope that you know that you're loved. Amen. And today is a special day for myself. I'm, I'm celebrating a half a century today, 50 years old today. My sweet Kristen is celebrating half of that almost. Amen. 29. If you don't know, she was my, my outside of my salvation, my greatest gift ever. She was born on my birthday. And so we've been celebrating for 29 years, and uh, it was an amazing blessing. We were told when we, when we got pregnant that that was the date, but you know, that doesn't really happen very much, so I thought it was cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool, you know, but once we got closer, she waited, and she was just barely 3 o'clock in the morning on the 21st that she, she said, I'm going to wait and do, do it with Daddy today. So it's been a tremendous blessing to celebrate all these years. Also, Yaslin's got this special day today, too, on the 21st of January. Amen. So, I have a gift for you on my birthday. I want to give you a gift this morning. I believe that God wants me to give you a gift. I want to talk about the love of God this morning. Amen? So, I'm going to give you a gift. How many know that the love of God is the greatest gift ever given? And I was thinking, you know, we could talk about this every single week. We probably don't talk about it enough, the love of God. So, I want to look at some scriptures this morning, and I want to... I want you just to leave here knowing no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you've done, no matter how you feel you've lived or mistakes you've made or things that are on the horizon, whatever it is, I want you to know this morning that God's love is amazing. How many know we need a reminder of that sometimes? His his mind never changes, but we are very good at changing our mind on who we love and who we don't love, and lots of times I think uh, how we feel about God's love towards us, because this is what I want to say right off the bat, we don't understand, and I want you to see through the scriptures, no matter what you do or how you act, and we should do good things, and we should act holy, and we should be righteous, and we should obey the Lord, no matter what you do, His love does not change. Does anybody understand that this morning? It's kind of a interesting thought you you know we as 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 parents or human beings tend to fluctuate a little bit our our love may never go away but it might be a little less if our kids aren't acting the way we want them to act or doing something and God's love never changes and I'm going to show you that in the scripture so I believe as I give you a gift this morning today that you're going to leave here encouraged knowing that God's love is amazing now I want to start off with the most obvious verse in the Bible uh, that most people would quote if you talk about love. For God, and I want you to say it with me, for God so that he gave that whosoever would not 
but have life. Amen? And I want us to put in there where it says, for God so loved me. I want you to make that personal this morning. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. You know why I say that? Because I believe this. And if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Amen? How many believe that this morning? He loves each of us as if we were the only ones. He doesn't have to do this today. We know biblically and doctrinally Jesus does not have to come back down again and die on that cross again because the Bible says he did it once and for all, for all humanity. The blood's already been shed. The sacrifice has been made. But what I want you to understand is if he needed to come back down again and do it again just for you, just for me, he would do it. How many believe that this morning? Father, for just a few minutes, I ask that you'd anoint your word. Lord, on this cold January day, I thank you for this cold January day, Lord. I appreciate it for a birthday gift. I pray for all those that are cold that they'd be warmed up by you, Lord Jesus. And let the presence of God touch them today. Lord, let them receive this gift that I give to them through your word today. That they would know today and leave this place without a doubt, without any lies of the devil, strategies of the devil to tell them any different, that you love them and that your love is amazing and supernatural and sometimes even beyond our understanding. But give us understanding this morning. And devil, you loose your hands off of God's people and don't lie to them. You cannot tell them they're not loved or make them think they're not loved. And I just pray for your spirit and your power to move in this place in Jesus' mighty name and that your name would be glorified. And everybody said? So God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. How many were in church when you heard the song, Jesus? I'm going to have you participate with me in this too. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are, y'all don't know it? Jesus loves the little children. And then what happens? Yes, Jesus Come on. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves Why? The Bible tells me so. Amen? How many believe that? The Bible tells me so. Don't listen to what this world says about love. Love is very skewed in this world. People think they love. People say they love. How many have ever known somebody or met someone that told you they loved you really fast. I'm I'm not talking inside the love of the Lord. There is a different love in the church. There is a a way to meet somebody and love them in the Lord. But I'm talking about in the world, you got young people who meet somebody and all of a sudden they love each other. They don't even know each other yet. Amen? And love is is so cheap, honestly. And I remember being to date myself. They had had a thing for my birthday party with the year and you know, all this stuff that happens that year. And, and uh, one of the things I remember from being in my teens was the movie called Can't Buy Me Love. And they filmed it in Tucson, Arizona in the, in the early 90s or late 80s. How many of you can't buy love? And love is something that is real, but we, we, we spend our entire lives trying to find true love until we meet Jesus. And then we find out what true love is. And today, if you're in any way not 
understanding that love, that's my job this morning to make sure you understand how much Jesus loves you. So I want to go over some verses. I want to uh, talk about the fact that this, the love story of the Bible, it's, it is a love story. The entire Bible is a love story. We look at sometimes Moses making mistakes and, and God destroying the world by, by, by uh, water, and we think of some of those things as cruel or dangerous or mean or the wrath of God and all that. But did you know that all of that, everything God has ever done, he did out of love? If you think about it, even the, even the, the flood itself was an act of love. If, if, if That sounds crazy sometimes to our human minds, but he saw the world get so bad that he said, I wish I wouldn't have even made these people because they're so bad. And so I'm going to get these, I'm going to start over so that the people behind them that are coming in the future won't have to endure this. And, and, and then when he poured out his, his, what we see, wrath on Sodom and Gomorrah, it was an act of love because he was trying to get rid of the bad in the world. And everything in the Bible, every story in the Bible, I want you to understand that as we go into this, and, and think about this today. Every time you read the Bible, you need to stop and think as you're reading it. There's love in this. The motive behind this story is love. Amen? How many believe that? So love, love I mean, it's mentioned close to a thousand times in the Bible because there's the word charity. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit another meaning of love, which is mercy. And sometimes you need to understand a lot of the attributes in the Bible, grace, uh, forgiveness, all those words that we see in the Bible that, that give us our salvation really come from the root of the word love. So you're talking about thousands of words, and, and I just want to remind you today in this service that none of us deserve to be here. And I start to think on my birthday today, where should I be today? And if you know my testimony, I know where I should be. I know where I would be if it wasn't for Jesus. I would not be in church. I don't believe I'd be alive, and I know I would be in hell. And so I'm really thankful this morning that I'm not in hell. I'm really thankful that I'm saved. I'm really thankful that I'm alive. I remember time, I told a few people this, this week, I remember being in the mission field, and I think this is just some kind of a normal thing you go through when you're in another country and you're you know, trying to make things happen and trying to live your life. You're far from your family. I remember there was times in my 30s, especially my early 30s, I never thought I would get to 50 years old. And whether it was the devil lying to me or thinking I was going to die in a dangerous place over there or health issues or whatever, and, and I never thought I'd see this age, but God is so good. Amen? God has been better to us than any of us deserve. And so I want to love God. I want to try. Let me say that. I want to try. I know I never can. I want to try to love God the way he loves me. I mean, no, it's impossible, but we can try. There's no way we could ever do it because we're human, but we can try. So let's look at the first mention of the Bible in, in Genesis. I've been teaching you about the first mention, the law of first mention. Where is a word mentioned the first time in the Bible? And we're going to look just at one verse in a second. Don't put it up quite yet, but you know the story, and I want you to begin to think of what the motive of God's love is, the first mention of the word, is when God tells Abraham, I want you to go sacrifice your son. So you begin to see the heart of God. We know that when you take that Bible that sometimes can be overwhelming, you th there's things you don't understand. I want to make it simple for you. 
as you read it again, as you're starting some, some of you are in Genesis, some of you are in Exodus, we're, we're doing Bible plans and reading plans and, and, and reading more than we've ever read, I hope, and studying more. And you get to those places where you don't understand, just remember, behind everything you're reading is love. God's love, His purpose is ultimately for us to get to heaven. To spend eternity. How many follow that this morning? His ultimate goal is for us to be in heaven with Him. Not anywhere else, okay? And so every story is pointing in the Old Testament to the cross. Every story. And we see in the first mention, let's look at this, Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. Just a simple verse. He says, take now your son, watch this, your only son Isaac, whom you love. The first mention of love in the Bible is in this verse, and God says, I want you to do something that I do every day. I give love. I want you to make a sacrifice, and I want you to go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. How many know the story this morning? He, 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 Isaac was uh, his promise. He said, I'm going to make your descendants like the sands on the seashore like the stars in the sky. And so it was everything to him. We don't quite understand that today in, in, our ter- in our times, what it meant to have to have a son to take on your legacy. I'm not talking about pride that, oh, you know, I, I've got a son that's going to carry my name. I'm talking about it was the important to be able to have that lineage to carry on the name. And God had made him a promise that he was going to do all these things through him. And he says, now I want you to take that promise and I want to take that thing that you love, and I want you to sacrifice it to me. And he literally was asking Abraham to go up, and that's a whole other message, to go up there and take his son and lay him on the, on the sacrifice and take his life and offer him as a living sacrifice unto God. And that's the story. And we know that when he got there, God provided. God was testing his heart. How many know our, te- our test is what we're in today? We're in a test. Let's pass the love test. Amen? And, and, and there's not any of us in here today that can't get better at loving. And listen to this. Not only loving, but receiving love. Some people aren't good at receiving love. And sometimes that, that, that carries over into our relationship with God. God is trying to love us, and we don't receive it because love. Some, there's an old saying, too, love hurts. Right? But love never hurts with God. Because God's love is different. God's love is perfect. And so in this story we see, I want you to take the one you love, I want you to go and sacrifice, and we know that as he lifted that, that, that knife to go take his life, God said, he's, there's a ram in the, in the thicket over there, Get, grab him, and the Lord provided. He never intended, he never intended him to take his son, but he wanted to see how, where his love was. Amen? How many can understand that this morning? So this is what I want you to write down. True love is action. True love is action, not words. Everybody say love. Say it again real loud. Love. Doesn't cost anything, right? That wasn't hard. Now if I were to tell you to turn that and turn it on somebody that you have an issue with and tell them, I love you, you might not be able to get it out, right? So it's easy to say the word love But actions speak louder than words. And we've got a God who did not just say, I love you. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, 
God demonstrates, God shows his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. And this is, I love this, while we were still sinners. So the, the New King James or King James says dem, demonstrated, the NLT says showed. He's saying, I'm not just going to tell you I love you, I'm going to show you I love you. I mean, no, there's a big difference. How many have had someone tell, tell you they love you and not show it? I was waiting for everybody's hand to go up there, but that's okay. Don't, don't, don't start getting angry. Amen? Love is easy to say. Love is not easy to show. God showed it. He demonstrated his love. And I love that it says, while we were still sinners. One of the biggest reasons people don't come to church today, maybe you've been inviting somebody. Maybe you're that person that took forever to come. Someone kept inviting you, and you didn't come because you were thinking, I'm not ready to go to church. I'm not ready to change. I've got too many problems. I've got too many issues. Well, the good news is Jesus doesn't wait for you to get right and get ready and get in the right position. He loves you right where you are. Amen? How many are thankful for that? That he doesn't try to clean us up and, and say, you got to do this, 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 that, and the other, and then I'll love you. And, and listen, and no matter what I try to tell you this morning, it's going to take a revelation of the Holy Spirit to understand no matter what you do, God loves you. No matter what you've done, God loves you. Those people that are out there right now like you were in their homes today contemplating coming to the second service or not, or they already missed it, or, or another day goes by, or they did some things yesterday, they wish they, whatever it is, they're thinking right now, God doesn't love me, he can't love me, I've made too many mistakes, and his love is the same right now as it was before they made the mistakes. What is real love? First John tells us, 4.10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Amen? In that, I don't think I have it in my notes. I'll finish this verse in a second. But in, in that same chapter, I believe it's 19, it says, we love God because he first loved us. Amen? We could never understand love if it wasn't for the love of God. So it says, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. As, so, there, so there's the picture of the, of the prophecy of Abraham with Isaac. 3,000 years later, he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I'm so thankful that my sins are forgiven this morning. Amen? So then John, John 15 begins to tell us, what true love is as well. And it says, greater love has no one than this. Some of them might be a little bit moved around. I think I might have moved some around after I sent them. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Amen? Take your notes. Write this down. God loves you more in a single moment than any person can love you in a whole lifetime. God loves you more in a single moment than any person could ever love you in an entire lifetime. I believe if we took a poll today of the 8 billion people in the world and said, what do you want? If you could have anything you really want, what, could, what would you want? And you could get to the core of what they really want, put, people would say they want to be loved. They want to be loved. That's something that God puts in us. He puts a desire to be loved in us. You might not admit it. We might not get the 8 billion to write it down. But in the core of their hearts, 
They want to be loved. Why? Because God put that there. We live our entire lives before we meet Jesus, and sometimes never people never meet Jesus because they don't open their hearts. We live our entire lives with a void that God put there on purpose. A purpose of, of a void that, is a, a, that can only be filled by the love of God. And then once that void is filled by that love, your life changes, and then you spend the rest of your life, I hope, trying to show God how much you thank Him for His love and trying to love Him back somehow the way He loved you first. We love God because He first loved us. Now I want to get in a little bit to some other words. In Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, So I'm going back and forth between New King James and New Living this morning. This is in the New King James. It says, but God, who is, look at this, rich in mercy. Mercy is an understanding of God's love. It is a picture of God's love. It is totally almost impossible for us to understand what mercy is. Because mercy is not getting what we deserve. And so, so when, you, when you really begin to grow in the Lord is when you really realize how ugly your sin looks how bad your sin looks, what your sin life looks like, and that because of God's rich mercy, He has removed those things from you. And it says, because of His, not just love, but His what? Great love with which He loved us. And then it says, even when we were dead in trespasses. That's why I like to remind you a lot of times, where were you last year? Where were you five years ago? Where, whenever, you, whenever your BC started, and, or ended, I should say, and you began to walk in Christ, where were you? Well, you, you might have been doing something wrong, but the truth is we were all on the same path, to a path of destruction, to a path of eternity without God, with, without any hope. And it says, he, in those times of great torment and great separation, it says, we were dead in our trespasses, but now he has made us alive together with Christ. And look at that. By grace, you have been saved. Salvation and grace and mercy are all pictures of love. He doesn't have to give us any of these things. We need to be reminded we don't deserve any of these things. We think God sometimes is a mean God. The world pictures him that way. He just, he, where is he when I'm in trouble? Or how come he doesn't come and, and strike the people down dead when they deserve it? And we have all these thoughts about God. And the truth is, he, is, he's, his, he, he just does everything out of love. How many have gotten old enough to realize that your parents knew more than you thought they did? And even if there wasn't a great relationship there, you realize looking back now that your parents, that a lot of the things they did for you that seemed like were horrible or bad or were to hurt you or they didn't understand you were out of love. They were trying to keep you from something. They were trying to live as an example. They were trying to, to do their best to show you their love. Some parents aren't, weren't good at it. Maybe yours weren't good at it. But I promise you they were trying to understand God's love. How many know this is something we're never going to get perfect until we stand before God? But His Word will help us because it's showing us mercy and grace and, and, and uh, salvation. Taking our trespasses away is true love. So in the, in the de biblical definition of mercy is this, if you're taking notes, the gift of God's undeserved kindness and compassion. 
the gift of God's undeserved kindness and compassion. I like to remind myself that if God wanted to, he could just blink his eyes and obliviate everything. Just, and, and, and he has thought about it. He has thought about it, right? And, and he has done some, some damage in the past, like I said in the beginning, to eliminate sin. But I don't know about you, but if I was God in heaven and they were doing what they did to Jesus, to my son, I don't know if I would have been able to do what God did, which was take that and allow it to happen and allow him to be destroyed on that cross so we could be saved. That's true love. Amen? I want you to leave today understanding how much God loves you. Write this down. God's love is not temporary. It is forever. His love is so far down the road, our minds can't go there. Our minds will never get there because we're finite. Our minds have an end. Our minds can go so far. How many have ever tried to stop and think about eternity? Have you ever stopped and thought, man, how long is eternity going to be? If you do it, you can do it for a little while, and then your mind can't go any further. You're like, I can't even fathom what that is to have no end. God's love is way beyond that, and it never ends. His love goes all the way back to before he, anything was. He was, but nothing was. That's hard to understand as well, too. When he says there was nothing but darkness and void, and, and he said, let there be light, and then there was light. That love has always been, it is today, and it always will be. Amen? Jeremiah 31, a wonderful prophetic book about things to come when he wrote this book. It says, the Lord has appeared of old. Of old, saying, so way back before the world was even formed, the Lord has appeared to me of old, saying, yes, I have loved you. Watch this, with a temporary love. How many are thankful that his love is not temporary? How many are thankful that his love doesn't depend on what you do? Right? I'm trying to get you to relate how we, how we are and how God is. We're, our love is very fickle a lot of times. Our love depends a lot on circumstances and if someone loves us back. And so we've got to get an understanding. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. We need to focus on these verses where God is telling us how much he loves us. Psalms 136, 26 says, Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures for how long? We don't know how long that is in our minds, but it's a long time. We may stop at some point loving God, but God will never stop loving us. Amen? Now, this is, this is an example that God has given us. Now, now, this is where the rubber meets the road in our walk. God has loved us. God has sacrificed. God has given. But God does not do that without expecting something back. Okay? Not only does he expect us to love him back, but he also expects us to do the harder thing, which is love each other. Amen? We talk about it all the time. That's why we're here this morning. Many of you would rather be uh, by yourself alone, isolated, and around nobody. That's not God's will for your life. Many of you would rather be in bed right now in your flesh. I hope not in your spirit. 
Many of you uh, would be somewhere else if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy. But the truth is you're here and God established this so that we would come together as believers and iron would sharpen iron. And we would learn how to get along, especially when you look around our church and you see all the colors, all the races, all the sizes, all the ages. That's how a church is supposed to look. Amen? It's supposed to be diverse. We're supposed to understand each other's cultures. We're supposed to love and embrace each other's cultures. We're supposed to uh, get it, figure it out. We're supposed to figure out how to do this. And God makes it happen. He says, I want you to come together. Did you know today, you might not know this, there's a lot of churches where everybody looks the same. And I'll just go on record, if this, is that, this, this, this church was that way, I wouldn't be the pastor. I'll just go on record. I would make sure that there were, diversity is on purpose. It takes love, amen? And you think you're better than somebody else, but the truth is they're better than you. Right? Just the fact that you think they're better, you're better than somebody else makes them better than you. But that's not here, right? So now God says, I love you, and I'm expecting something back. We got the John 3.16 again, but now this is 1 John. Watch what this says. Now we know what real love is, so there's no excuse, because Jesus gave up his life for us. So real love from the very beginning, John 3, 16, then Abraham and Isaac in 22 of Genesis, and now in 1 John, we know what real love is. Real love is sacrifice. Real love is action. We know what real love is because Jesus said he loved us. It's not what it is. He says because we, he gave up his life for us. Now, he says, so also we ought to give our lives for our brothers and sisters. Just let that begin to marinate a little bit right there. That's where the rubber meets the road. Now, now God is expecting something of us. Now he's expecting us, as the old saying would say, to pay it forward. That's what we're talking about in this series on Wednesdays. We're talking about how can I not be a stumbling block to somebody else? How can I be a stepping stone? How can I be an assistant in somebody else knowing the love of God? I, I can't finish this message this morning without saying this because it's the, it's, the, it's the core of our beliefs that God chose to use us to get his message out. Would anybody else have done it that way? I don't think we would have. He says, I'm going to use people, flawed people that are messed up, that don't know how to love. I'm going to teach them love. I'm going to show them love. And then I'm going to expect them to take the message on to the end. And you know what? Although the church is not, the general church in the world is not where it should be, and although things aren't the way they should be, the gospel is here today. Thank God, because people said, I'm not just going to tell people I love them. I'm going to show people I love them. Do you know how many hundreds of thousands and possibly millions of Christians have given their lives today for us to be here? We thank our military for giving their lives for our country, but hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of men and women have given their lives, died their li lives. I said a few minutes ago, I was willing to give my life in Costa Rica. I used to think, probably as you're younger, you're a little more stupid, but I used to think it would be so cool 
if I could die on the mission field. Not, not that I wanted to. I just thought it would be, I wanted to be a martyr. I wanted to die preaching. I was thinking maybe I'll be out in one of these rough neighborhoods and they'll shoot me or something and I'll be preaching the gospel. That's how I want to die. Right? I was willing, though. I was willing to die for the gospel. And, but I, my willingness went so far, but many did it. And, and then you've got the level, as I'm talking here this morning, and begin to close, you've got the level of military. People have given their lives. We've got the Arlington Cemetery. We have Memorial Day every year. People who gave their lives for their country. That's great. We love it. We thank God for it. But that's not even on the same level as somebody who has given their life for the gospel. Because this is just a country. We love it. It's a great country. But people who have given their life for the gospel have given it for something eternal. One day this country is going to end. But God's love will never end. God's word will never end. God's plan will never end. And so he's saying, I, I want you to give your life for somebody else. That's what it's about today. And, you know, sometimes now in our lives, it's not going to be literally giving our physical life. But how about giving of ourselves to think about giving somebody a track? About giving of ourselves to think about picking somebody up for church or, or reaching out to somebody who's not like you. Somebody who doesn't look like you or doesn't have your same situation or, or run in your circle. Look, look out for them and say, God loves you so much. I want to tell you about the gospel. As the musicians begin to come, I want to finish in Romans 8. Write this down. Nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. And nothing means nothing. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Watch this. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? You know, I, was, I, got, a, I got a book about Corey Timboom that I mention a lot over there in that, in that um, concentration camp. She went through all these things. Famine, nakedness, peril, sword. These people who died for their faith went through all these things. Church, there were, there's been people... Hundreds of thousands of people who have been burned alive on a stake for their faith. That's true love. Amen? Today, I, I, I want us to understand how much God loves us, and I want us to question ourselves, how much do we love God? How much would we be willing to do for God? How much would we be willing to show our love for the Lord? And so he says, all these things that can happen... They'll never separate us. What can separate us? And then it goes on, I think it's 36 or 37. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. How many are conquerors this morning? Amen. Through him who what? Loved us. And then the last verse says, for I am persuaded. This is what I want you to, I want you to leave persuaded this morning. I want you to leave convinced that nothing, neither death nor life. See, we need to get to a place in this, in this church where we don't just believe in our heads that we're going to go to heaven, but we believe in our hearts. That when this life ends, heaven begins. Eternity begins. Neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. He's mentioning everything he can think of. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able... That doesn't mean that things won't try. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many believe that this morning? Nothing. 
Nothing. Don't walk around today in condemnation. You've made mistakes. You've messed up. You've failed. I don't know if God will forgive me. You are mocking the love of God when you say that. No, he wasn't pleased that you did it. But he still loves you. And he doesn't love you like we understand love. We need a revelation from God that his love is different. His love has no boundaries. His love has no circumstances. This is crazy. Let me throw something out that's going to blow you away. He lo- when we get to heaven and we stand in his glory and we stand on the judgment seat of Christ and we go through the bema seat and we get our rewards and he says, enter in good and faithful servant. The, the, the capacity of love that God has as he gives us our rewards will be the same love as people who are in hell. Same love. His love does not change. David said, if I make my bed in hell, he'll still love me. Where can I go to get away from the love of God? How many know that's a little bit difficult to understand? But that's the love of God. He will love us all the way to hell if we choose to reject Jesus. But I'm so thankful today that I didn't reject him. Is anybody thankful that you accepted the the love of God, the, the plan of God, the purpose of God, everything he chose for us? Today, Lord, I just hope and pray this gift that I'm giving your people from you, reminding them how amazing your love is, reminding them how limitless your love is, Reminding them, Lord God, that there's nothing they can do, nowhere they can go, nothing they can say, nothing they can think, no mistake they can make that will cause you to love us any different. And God, your word says, and I don't have this scripture in my notes today, Lord, but your word says, your kindness leads us to repentance. That that your love should draw us and make a desire in us to love like you've loved us. First loving you back, and then obeying your commands. They said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. When you're trying to love God back the way he's loved you, you're fulfilling the greatest commandment. Trying will fail, will fall short, but try to love God back the way he loved us. And then he said, and the second is this. Everybody's pretty good at the first one, but the second one's tough, that you love your neighbor as yourself. That's where the true test of love is today. Don't just be a receiver of the love. Be a giver of the love. The Bible says you freely receive, freely give. Lord, today help us to fall in love with you again. Help us to feel your love and know your love. Your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we read these words, we are reminded, Lord, I know today this is what you wanted to tell your people. You wanted to remind your church, your people, your children of your amazing love. I hope and pray I've done the justice that you've asked me to do, and I hope I've portrayed the message. Lord, now let them receive it. Let them leave this place this morning knowing how loved they are. Lord, I can tell them and I can talk for another hour about love, but you're the one that has to reveal it to them, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us walk out of here feeling loved and let us walk out of here with the compassion that you have for souls. 
a compassion for other people. Lord, to help us love those this morning that are not easy to love and be reminded that that was us, that we're not easy to love. Give us that understanding. Give us that revelation this morning, Father. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place this morning, in an act of reverence, in a spirit of reverence to the Lord, as His presence is here, as His love is here, as His power is here, as He's drawing each one of us to Him closer, how many in this place this morning could be here today and you have never known the love of God. You've never known that Jesus Christ came down from heaven and died a, the most horrible death anyone could ever die and took all the sins of the world on Him so that we today could be saved, so that we could, today could be forgiven so that we today could receive His mercy and His grace. How many here today could say, I have never accepted that gift of love, and today I want to do it by lifting my hand, and I want you to pray with me, Pastor. I want to leave today changed. I want to leave with this gift of eternal life in my life. Just lift up your hand and put it back down. If you've never done that before, you've never accepted the gift of love, just put it up and put it down. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you have... And you do love God, but, but your love for the Lord has been fickle. It's been hot and cold. It's been up and down. Today, maybe you need to get back in love with Jesus. And if you read the book of Revelation, it talks about a church that had lost their first love. It is possible to lose your first love. And so God wants you to fall in love with him again today. If that's you, as we open up these altars today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or embarrass you, but maybe you're here and you're, you're realizing, you know what, God? I have not been loving you like you deserve. We need, to, we need to think about that. Fall back in love with Jesus today. Spend some time in his presence and say, Lord, I, I want to rededicate, renew my vows with you today. Tell you how much I love you. Let's stand all across this congregation today. Amen. I pray again. My prayer is by the time you walk out these doors, You've got an assurance in you. That old song, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You've got to know how much he loves you. Amen? That's, 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 that's God's word this morning. I'm just standing here as a vessel. God loves you. Amen? Let's open up these altars. Let's take a few moments to pray. Let's let God's love refill us. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.